Welcome to Today on Broadway for Wednesday, July 20th, 2022. I'm Broadway Radio's Matt Tamanini. And I'm performer, playwright, activist, mug holder, Grace Aki. Mug holder. I like that one. I don't That's know. a good one. I was one. just trying to throw some other things in and make it fun. It, like it, it ended up not being funny. <laughs> No, I think that's funny. That's good. I mean, funny, like, oh, ha, ha. Not like laugh out loud funny. Yeah. Like, do I amuse you? Am I a clown? Am I here for your amusement? (laughs) Um, Speaking of here for our amusement, Grace, do you know what is coming up this Saturday? Perhaps the biggest news in the entire history of the theater. Legally Blonde. That one? No, 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 no. Okay, I was trying to play to the home team. I know. It is the Fort... 15,000th performance of Perfect Crime off-Broadway, the longest-running play on or off-Broadway in New York City's history. I'm sorry that I won't be in town to celebrate this properly, but I'll I'll be coming in later in the week, but congratulations. Hmm. Congratulations. Wow. (laughs) 40-year anniversary of Little Shop of Horrors and 14,000th show. Yeah, one of these things is more important than the other. I'll let the audience decide what that is. Um, (laughs) So over in our our Patreon, we're going to have a bunch of stuff coming up. I've got some interviews. I did one on Tuesday with the the creator of the new musical Butcher Boy, who is going to be playing at Irish Rep starting on Thursday, uh, Asher Muldoon, who wrote this musical or started writing this musical as like a senior in high school, then went off and did the Dear Evan Hansen national tour and is now getting the uh, off-Broadway premiere of a musical based off of, a, of an acclaimed 1990s novel. I think that was a really great conversation and I'm looking forward to seeing that show when I'm in town next week. So you can hear that first before you can hear it anywhere else on our Patreon feed at patreon.com slash broadwayradio. All right, Grace, let's get into it, because now that Paradise Square has closed, all hell is breaking loose. Not only have we started to see some of the things that I mentioned on Monday's show come up about the actors uh, going to social media to talk about the fact that they weren't paid on Thursday. That was before the show closed. We also Mm. know about all of the lawsuits that have happened uh, involving actors' equity and the scenic unions. Um, But on uh, Tuesday, Variety posted a lengthy article that chronicles a lot of the issues going on behind the show. They talk about some of the people who have spoke out publicly, including ensemble member Mm -hmm. uh, Haley Kaleem Wright, who urged the public to see the last week of Paradise Square by saying, quote, see the greatness, see the show, see the magic so that your heart can break even more when you find out all the shit that's been going on. Then um, Kareen Meeks, who had been the show's stage manager until until resigning in May over salary uh, conflicts, said, quote, the show was never correctly budgeted. In my opinion, Garth, Mm -hmm. meaning Drabinsky, felt by cutting back on labor, he could do the show more cheaply. But all that did was put more pressure on everyone else to make up for his failings. In my opinion, we had to do things in a speed and manner that were not healthy or safe. Um, we've talked about a lot of these things already. This has been an ongoing conversation that I think is not going to stop anytime soon. But a lot of the concerns uh, go around the fact that Drabinsky is reportedly not uh, paid health, pension, and 401k contributions that are required by contract. Uh, equity is suing for $1,000 or $190,000. Uh, United Scenic Arctic's local 829 is also suing for $157,000 for unpaid wages, wages, dues, and retirement contributions. Uh, Drabinsky did issue a statement 
to Variety that stressed that the actors have received their salaries, which are bonded, and said the production has already consented to judgments for the other expenses. He said, quote, any delay in benefit payments was simply a function of available cash flow. Not exactly sure if that's the excuse that he wants uh, or that, that he thinks it is. Um, but this will all obviously be litigated, and given Drabinsky's uh, history, that's not necessarily a good thing for him. We also saw on Tuesday uh, Clint Roan, a former cast member uh, of Paradise Square, took to social media uh, to promote uh, a lengthy essay that they wrote on um, their website, kind of chronicling all of the ups and downs that went into their experience with the show. We also got a lot of social media posts from other cast members as well. Uh, Lee Siegel posted a bunch of things that were kind of collected on Twitter and passed along. And everything you read, Grace, every new accusation, every new detail just seems to one-up the what-the-hellness of something that we already kind of knew was going to be a shit show. Yeah, it's such a bummer when, you know, literally just the whole... um they are who they said they were. Like, you know, yeah, when yeah, someone yeah. shows you who they are, believe them the first time. And while we always want to, not always, but we generally like to say, okay, if somebody has, quote, paid their dues, they want to reenter the industry on a different foot, like, let's try to hold space for that and let's try to honor that. And we did, you know, like we, you know, weren't yelling in the streets, all of us, um, <laughs> fool me once, we were right. Um, and so what was unfortunate is, do you remember like even last, was it last year? And we had mentioned something about this on the show and we literally got in trouble for speaking yeah. ill of this person for things that literally did happen. And it cost me like being able to see other shows in that state. And it really broke my heart because I was like, well, we're, we're trying to honestly report on this. Um, and then here all this stuff is happening. And it's just like, why do we continue to defend people that abuse their workforce, people that abuse their power, people that abuse the system and women? Like, it's just, it's really exhausting. And uh, we're just not mm -hmm. doing it. And I think it, it, he just picked a picked a hell of a time to uh, try try this again and mess up because we are in a position now that we are more empowered more than ever to speak up about these uh, mistreatments. And I appreciated Clinton's like description of this, the article, or the, the, the kind of like blog post that he put up was fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so that's, yeah, it's just, um, you can't get away with that stuff anymore, guys. It's, it's just really, it's really sad. Whether you can or not, I think it's still left to be determined because <laughs> I'm not sure that some of these people who are getting you know, called to the carpet aren't going to have additional opportunities in the future, but it's certainly not going to go oh, without course. the conversations that it probably wouldn't have had in the past. And uh, it is really heartbreaking because this is a show, one, a show that I think that these people really cared a lot about. But again, it's a show that not completely, but has a lot of people of color, centers women at the front of the story. So yeah. it's like, not that this necessarily yeah. wouldn't have happened with Garth Rubinsky if it was a show full of white men, um, because mm -hmm. he probably doesn't care about anybody other than himself. Uh, but he, you know, it's a show about people of color, about black people, about women. And this is uh, what continues to happen. So I, I, I hope that we don't have to deal with him getting another chance and continuing to do these same things. But only time will tell. Um, speaking of, of drama and behind the scenes stuff, mm. uh, this is not super related, but CNN posted an article uh, on oh. Tuesday. Have you seen this? No. Okay. It is a whole timeline of the funny girl casting drama. 
um, starting with the stuff with Beanie and Leah Michelle. So if you want a point by point look at all of that craziness, CNN, you're the most trusted source in news, uh, has that for you. Uh, so we will have that link in the show notes. Talk, speaking of other disappointing and show me who you are news, um, on Tuesday, the Broadway League confirmed that they would continue the mask optional policy for Broadway audiences through at least August. The mask optional policy is where they aren't going to make audience members wear masks, but they are surely, surely going to recommend that you do. Um, they will continue to evaluate it on a month-to-month basis, and they said that this policy is, quote, consistent with New York City and state recommendations, despite the fact that the BA5 subvariant of COVID-19 has now made New York City a high contagiancy area, like many other places around the country. Or I will be masking up every show that I go to uh, in New York next week, guys, I do. Anywhere I did, I did it. I wore my mask at the Muni uh, outdoors uh, earlier this week, but not surprised. This has always been a money making decision for them. Just, uh, just disappointing. They literally had to, you know, it, it's it's like a bummer. And I know that's a very polarizing thing to say. Um, so please don't come for me, anybody. Uh, but they I don't know what else they could have done, to be frank. You know, it's it's a very big tourism industry, blah, blah, blah. Um, but what's funny is like which some people have noted is that when you say mask optional, you mean mask if you want. You know what I mean? It doesn't really yeah. mean anything is mandatory so it's just kind of like a funny way of saying you can do whatever which is also like okay cool but just say that you know (laughs) i mean like it's it's as if somebody's checking you at the door being like mask nice you know nobody's doing that um but i will say she nyc keeping it real keeping it tight with the masks on in the audience uh policy throughout their two-week festival in august end of july and august so just saying there are places that are continuing to to have that um i think it was at what was it MTC maybe um, is continuing um, a couple Somebody, other yeah. off-Broadway houses as well. So, uh, oh, and um, I was when I was at Between the Lines, um, second stage, they continue their masking policy as well, um, as well as a checking vaccine. So there you go. Good for them. We'd love to see it. All right. Speaking of places where you might want to or might not want to buy tickets to, let's talk about our sponsor for this week, Today Ticks. So I've gotten to see so many more shows than I normally would get to see because of how easy the Today Ticks app is to use. I literally just fired it up on my phone and wham, bam, it is it is there. Also, the graphics gorgeous, chef's kiss. Um, we talk about accessibility in the theater like a lot on the show and... The thing is, is that like tickets are hard to come by. Tickets are expensive. Even when you work in theater, it's expensive to go see shows and get tickets to things. But um, they offer the best theater, comedy, improv that you can see with really, really great prices. Yeah. And getting tickets is easier than ever. Like you said, with the Today Ticks app, you can check out in 30 seconds and pick up your tickets with ease. You can either get them on the on on the app or in some cases you actually physically pick up tickets there which is always a fun excursion um but you can do like the things that i normally like to do when i'm booking new york tricks and book them like a year and a half in advance (laughs) or you can do what grace does and be like "Ooh, i've got nothing to do tonight uh curtains in 30 minutes Mm -hmm. are there any shows that i can get and what's great is today ticks gives you so many different options on how to get tickets that you probably wouldn't be able to either get or afford any other way with exclusive pre-sales limited time offers, digital lotteries to sold out shows, and day of discounted tickets. 
Yeah, and Today Ticks isn't just for Broadway and London's West End. Chances are you live somewhere else, and you can find tickets in cities across the country, even if you're traveling like Matt is right now, all around the world, including Chicago, LA, DC, San Francisco, Sydney, and more. So take advantage of the best deals that these cities have to offer. After we record this, I'm literally going to the airport to go to Las Vegas. Got to fire up that Today Ticks app and see if they got any shows in Vegas. But see that show you've always wanted to see or discover something new that you'll love just as much for even less. Go to todayticks.com slash Broadway and use promo code Broadway to get $10 off your first Today Ticks purchase. That's promo code Broadway at todaytix.com slash Broadway for an additional $10 off your first ticket purchase. One more time, T-O-D-A-Y-T-I-X dot com slash Broadway. All right, Grace, let's get in to the grosses for last week. And Broadway did see a bit of a decline, but that is mainly because we lost three shows that all closed uh, the previous week. So last week was the first week without them. We went from 29 shows on the main stem down to 26, and that resulted in a 4% decline in the grosses of just over $1 million. As a whole, Broadway came in at $28,989,978. That corresponded with a similar 4% decline in attendance. Uh, We had a total of 225,011 people put butts in seats on Broadway last week. In terms of grosses overall, the biggest show on Broadway, shockingly enough, was The Music Man that came in at $3,062,733. It was followed by Hamilton, The Lion King, Into the Woods, and Wicked in the top five. The remaining shows above seven figures for last week were Harry Potter and the Cursed Child, Aladdin, MJ, Six, Moulin Rouge, Beetlejuice, uh, and that was it. Book of Mormon was Ooh. fairly close. Uh, coming in a couple uh, a couple premium seats behind. But it, what's interesting is you scroll through all of the Broadway grosses, there were only three shows that actually saw week-to-week declines. Um, one of them was The Lion King that lost $228,000, which I would have to guess maybe there was some sort of ticketing uh, thing that happened there because I don't think it changed the number of shows. MJ the Musical did also lost $225,000, but it only had seven performances last week. So that seems to be because it missed a show. Uh, and then Book of Mormon also saw about just under $20,000 uh, of a decline. But every other show on Broadway saw, looks like the lowest was about $23,000 up to uh, $380,000 increase for Into the Woods. But that was because of the number of shows that they did. But it is definitely a, a, a time, like you mentioned earlier, where we are starting to see more tourism come into town and uh, trying to figure out what is the new normal. Paradise Square, obviously, in its final week on Broadway, did see a pretty healthy bump, jumping up $253,823 to come in at its highest uh, number on Broadway at $520,750. Hmm, that's all. That's all I have. <laughs> yeah, thank you for your contributions yeah. there. All right, let's get into some other news. And we're going to start off with some some sad news and actually something that ties into another story that we've talked about in pop culture Matt, here recently. Matt, this whole show is so sad. sad. It is very sad. It okay, is we're going to have to, show. at the end of this show, we're going to have to like pump up the jams. We, yes, we're going to we bring some, some light into the world. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah, okay. Bring but, it back down. Bring it back down. <laughs> yeah, it was reported on Tuesday that one of the most 
prolific and accomplished playwrights in recent American history, Christopher Durang had been diagnosed with aphasia, which is a rare disorder in which you don't really understand how to communicate. You you lose your ability to grasp language. This is the same diagnosis that movie star Bruce Willis uh, was diagnosed with, and he effectively ended his acting career because while he can think, he is unable uh, to communicate it uh, as well as he would like. Andre Bishop, who is, as many people know, the artistic director of Lincoln Center and a close friend of Christopher Durang, said, quote, this illness is a terrible illness for a writer in particular who deals in words to not be able to find those words is a great sadness. Really, really sad. Durang is one of the funniest folks writing uh, for the theater, and a lot of his stuff gets done regionally, even if you know we don't always see his work uh, on Broadway in New York. But somebody who has been prolifically produced, anytime we do the um, most produced shows around the country, whether those are professional theaters or amateur theaters, his works are always in there as well. I mean, I, truly, I think about every Dalton Little Theater season for the past, you know, 15, 20 years that I remember at least, you know, The Marriage of Betty and Boo, uh, Vanya Sonia Mush and Spike, Beyond Therapy. Like, they're literally, you're so right. Like, they are done by regionals, nonprofits, community theaters all over because they are so funny. And I think about, like, his... Um, his incredible, like, collaboration with Sigourney Weaver. And, like, mm -hmm. I just, you're right. Like, this is just really, really heartbreaking to hear about and to learn about. But it's also, like, eye-opening that, you know, respecting their works and, and, and honoring them in the time where they're able to, like, literally do that and not just waiting um, has just been, yeah, it's been so sad to, to read all this. But thank you for, for sharing all that. Um, real quick, in the other news, these are better news stories here. Two different Broadway traditions are coming back in the next couple of months. The first is Broadway in Bryant Park, which will be kicking off its annual celebration of theater in August, beginning on August 4th, and then happening every Thursday for four weeks, running from 1230 to 130 at the Bryant Park stage. The shows that will be participating in the 22nd annual season in the park will be A Strange Loop, six uh, Moulin Rouge, Phantom of the Opera, Come From Away, Town, and maybe some more popped in there as well. And then as we move the calendar from August to September, the Broadway Flea Market and Grand Auction will be returning on September 25th. Of course, this is a, an annual tradition that benefits Broadway Cares, Equity Fights, AIDS. Last year, they raised $753,321, whether that's from the silent auction, the different memorabilia booths, the the chats and autographs, all of those things, uh, an absolutely incredible experience, something that I don't know that I would ever have any desire to go to just because that many people. But uh, for the bargain finder in me, I, I think that I would enjoy that part of it, Grace. Oh, yeah. We love junk. We I mean, it's trackies. not junk, but we just love stuff. I would like that. If they could do it online only, I would appreciate it even more. Mm, but. Mm, mm. Anyway. All right. Well, we'll close up the show with a feel-good recommendation. Uh, we've actually kind of done almost this exact same story previously, just with a different show. We've talked about um, Elton John doing the song from uh, The Devil Wears Prada musical. Now we're talking about another popular music person writing a musical that is debuting in Chicago and then debuting one of the songs in a video of their own. This is Ingrid Michaelson debuting the song If This Is Love from the upcoming The Notebook musical that'll be premiering at the Chicago Shakespeare Theater in September. 
Um, we'll have a video to that. She's recording it in the studio. She, of course, is writing the music and lyrics. We've talked about some of the uh, the cast members before. Uh, Becca Brunstetter is writing the book. It's being directed by Michael Greif and Shelley Williams. Choreography by Katie Spellman. So check that one out. It is running from September 6th through October 16th at the Yard at Chicago Shakespeare. What else? What else do we need to do to brighten things up before we go, Grace? I know I've been like talking about my solo show coming up on July 27th, but I don't think that we've mentioned it on the show before. It's official that our uh, talk back on the 27th is going to be hosted by Felicia Felicia Fitzpatrick, who I adore, um, which is going to be really, really fun because not only are we friends, but I respect her, her and admire her as a moderator, but also like as a person in the theater zeitgeist. So if you're planning on coming and you're coming that night, you're in for a treat. That's all I want to say. Should be a lot of fun. All right, everybody, that's all that we have for today. Thanks for listening to Today on Broadway. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Broadway Radio. And you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at BWW. Matt, Grace, where can people find you? You can find me on all social media platforms at It's Grace Aki. All right, everybody, have a wonderful hump day, and we'll be back to talk to you tomorrow. <laughs>